Right on, right on, right on. Live right. Live right. In the real world. Right on radio. Right on radio.
And good morning to you, or good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be. Just open up with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the privilege of reading your word. We give you thanks for the privilege of having your word, knowing that you are the most high God and you did not leave us without instruction. And Father, I give you thanks in particular for this word, which is instructions to the early church. And Lord, although it's a very short chapter, there's so much in this that we can glean and so much wisdom that we get from our Father, the God Most High. So we give you thanks for everyone who is joining us here, and we pray for the blessing of the reading of the Word. Uh, We pray, Lord, that not only you bring the saved to us, but Lord, we pray that you bring the unsaved to hear your truth, and Lord, that they may enter your kingdom. We do pray that you expand our tent. We pray for everyone that is with us, Father God, we pray for their health. We pray for your provision in their lives. And and Father, most importantly, we pray for faith, clarity of mind, and wisdom, and belief that you are good and that you are with us every step of the way. Lord, you're not only with us, but you're in us, as is your promise and the fulfillment of your promise when you died on the cross and you sent your Holy Spirit to dwell amongst us and in us. So, Lord, we give you thanks that your Holy Spirit is here on the earth. May your Holy Spirit give the depth of the word to each one who hears. And, Lord, there's probably a different message for every single one in these things because you are a personal God and your word is deep. But, Father, I just pray pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to each and every one that has joined us for this study. And we pray in Jesus' name name. Jesse, top of the morning to you. I love saying good morning, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Even though when we tape during the week, we say good morning and then it plays in the evening, which is, I know, (laughs) but it's morning for our Singaporean friends and Aussie friends. Yes. It's one of my favorite, you know, greetings. Like I had a great grandmother who you know, and grandfather who were very good at greeting each other. And that was one of the ways that they showed love to each other. And so I just always learned, you know, it's like, it didn't matter if it was morning or not, you always got a good morning. So (laughs) that's where that comes from. Well, just like it's morning somewhere, just like it's five o'clock somewhere. (laughs) So they say, (laughs) all right. So Jesse, we have a, uh, a short, chapter today so i'm gonna take some liberties if i may and and by the way i just want to say that you know this wasn't planned i didn't know what brian cole was going to preach last night uh before he did it you know i i just trust uh these individuals to come up with stuff and i you know kind of go through it before i put it up usually uh but he had a strong message to the church and i don't think the Lord is the Lord of coincidences, but now we come into a chapter that is really addressing the same things that Brian was addressing. And and Brian, if yeah. you're listening, man, thank you, uh, thank you for that uh, great sermon and and all of the uh, the people who are preaching in rotation uh, with us. It's uh, just a beautiful thing. So there, there's just a lot of synchronicities in this. Uh, but before we get going. I want to address just a couple show notes, if I may. 
a lot of people uh, have been claiming to be having trouble with Podbean. And I want to tell you what's happening because I can't reply to everyone who says this. When we're about to do a live stream, I share the show and it's like, hey, I'm starting a live stream. Join us. After the live stream is finished, that link no longer works. So if it says I'm starting it and it was over an hour old or whatever time it is, that's not going to work anymore. But then I always put in the show link that it says, hey, I'm listening to, because when you share a published show, that's what it says. So if you're having trouble with Podbean, it's because you're clicking the wrong link. And uh, having said that, I should be a little bit more diligent. And even if I could ask uh, the admins after a live uh, stream is finished, if you see that post, if you could remember to delete it, and that should end some confusion. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that out. And the other thing is people are wondering where our episodes are once they uh, are removed from uh, YouTube. So I just want to let you know how it is working these days. And, and by the way, some people say it's a pain in the neck. It is. If you think it's a pain for you, imagine what I have to go through. <laughs> just saying. So yeah. I don't put the, uh, the ministry ones like our Sunday uh, and Saturday on Rumble, for instance, because you have to create a special stream. It's just a whole bunch of extra steps. And we can leave the ministry stuff up on YouTube. So that's what we've been doing. However, like our Tuesday shows, our Thursday shows are always not only streamed to YouTube, they're streamed to Rumble now. Um, they're backed up on Odyssey. Uh, they go to Tumblr. They go to Twitch. We're now on DLive. And all of these shows go to all of these different locations. Odyssey for video has the most complete uh, amount of our shows there on video. And of course, all of our shows uh, go on to Podbean. And Podbean has more material because that's where our lives uh, on Podbean go as well. And we do lives uh, every Wednesday and sometimes on Friday. So I did want I, to say, Jeff, though, I've been watching the Odyssey and I've not seen any of our new videos, at least for the past month, going up there. Um, so I think it goes back further than that. Um, the last one that it shows on there is the Church Warning, episode 258. So that's all of it. And then it will show like the lives, but that's all I can see on there is I can't see anything beyond okay. episode 258. So we have two different channels on Odyssey because Odyssey automatically backs up what's on YouTube. And so okay. we have a Odyssey channel for the first channel we had on YouTube. And now we have an Odyssey channel for the second channel that's on YouTube. And it's named okay. the same thing. It's named right on radio, CH2. So okay, so how do you... How do you make sure you've got the right one if they have the same names? 
Well, one is named Right On Radio. The other one is named Right On Radio CH2. Just like oh, our okay. YouTube I misunderstood channel. that. Yeah, just like our YouTube channel. So, uh, and I, that, I'm glad you brought that up as well. Look, I, I know it's a bit confusing for you guys. Look, we're doing our best. And and honestly, it's a lot of work to, uh, and a lot of money. I have to yeah. pay for these services, you know, right? Uh, to, to be able to get it up there and to be able to protect our content. Uh, so uh, just wanted to clear that up because we have a little bit of extra time today and, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, you want to stick around to the end because Jesse has, well, maybe some news, uh, mixed in with a very deep prayer request that, uh, is going to come at the end. And, uh, and I want to thank everyone for, uh, Joining the prayer last night, there was a really great turnout and really yeah. strong prayers. And Jesse, you yeah. are prayed up, girl. <laughs> like you know, I want to tell you guys what happened. Okay, I feel bad, but it, it was a good thing. Um, you know, with this hyperthyroid, I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, so I totally had the prayer on. I was like, you know, in it, and I was like, I'm just gonna relax. I'm gonna close my eyes. I'm just gonna soak it in. I think there were several people who, you know, they all started praying over me. So I'm like, I'm just going to receive this, Lord. Next thing I know, it's like 10 o'clock and I'm waking up and I was like, oh, I fell asleep. So that's how good God was. He totally just put me in this place of peace and I just conked out last night. So <laughs> that was great. I'm going to say thank you. Yeah, that is a blessing. And uh, I, I was there for uh, 90% of it, but uh I didn't actually participate. I was just kind of the same thing as you, just kind of soaking it in and uh, and praying along. But uh, it, it was it was fantastic and it was powerful as it, it always is. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a really dry throat this morning. It's a change of the weather and it's getting me a bit. Uh, Jesse, should we jump into the Word of God? Let's do it. All right, Acts chapter six. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebrewic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit of wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephan, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, Perma I can't say this one, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a, a convert to Judaism. These, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. But some men from what was called the synagogue of the freedmen, including both Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and some from Cilicia 
and Asia rose up and argued with Stephen, but they were unable to cope with his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Then he secretly induced men, sorry, then they secretly induced men to say, we have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came up to him and dragged him away and brought him before the council. They put forward false witnesses who said, this man does not stop speaking against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses handed to us. And all who were sitting in the council stared at him, and they saw his face, which was like the face of an angel. <laughs> Boy, so Jeff, this argument like, kind of feels very familiar, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm so glad you went there, Jesse, because that is what I was going to plan out. Uh, look, this is the beginning of a church, and it started growing really rapidly. And these experiences that are in this chapter, as J Jesse was alluding to, very much mimic what we have gone through with this podcast as we started to grow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely they do. And I think, you know, behind it, what the important thing is to bring out uh, the Sanhedrin, you know, that really you have this group of fake, you know, worshipers of God that they claim to be men of God. They claim to follow the Lord, yet their hearts are very far from him. And in fact, you know, they don't worship the Lord at all. It's really themselves and the enemy that they worship. So it's the same, you know, even the Sanhedrin today, um, same religious spirit, same men still fighting to, you know, they refuse to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the long awaited Messiah and they refuse to, you know, bow to his Lordship and surrender to that. But yet we've had people um, in our midst, Jesse, that proclaim Jesus Christ, but they still did the exact same things as here. Yeah, that's very true. Mind you, you know, the enemy gets pulpits and proclaims Jesus Christ as well. Just That happens as that. well. Yeah. Just remember that. Um Yes, yeah, so we've we've gone through all of this, <laughs> and uh, and quite honestly, there's some uh, really great lessons in here, and and I would like to think, uh, looking back, and that uh, that the Lord gave us wisdom, and we handled things in a good way. I would yeah. suggest not perfect. <laughs> None of us are. All right, so. Remember, we'll just go back and just kind of keep rehashing a little bit of the books of Acts. They all get filled with the, the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, Peter and uh, and uh, 
Jeez. And the disciples. Uh, are doing, <laughs> yes. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing miracles, uh, Peter and John. And, uh, you know, and then the last chapter we had some miracles, but they weren't quite the same miracles. They were uh, the Lord subtracting from amongst the midst. And by the way, I, I mentioned last time that I think that those people uh, actually went to be with the Lord. I'm so confident in that now. I, I reflected on it almost all week. And think of this. They were good people. They were willing to give. The Lord made an example of them. Uh, and they, they listen, they lied to the Holy Spirit, uh, but they didn't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And so what their punishment would have been was their shame standing before the Lord. And right. I think the Lord is uh, more than ample to forgive. And, you know, if we if we think they went to hell, man, I don't have a chance. <laughs> you know, we either have yeah. to believe in, in the salvation and the promise of salvation, not by our works, but by his uh, deeds his and his work. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, it's so... the complete work of Christ, and you know, I think that really comes out even as we begin to look at this argument. You you've got two groups of of Jews, pretty much, um, that are trying to come together as one body. Um, up until this point, you know, there was a huge separation uh, between those who were Hebrew Jews. You know, that would be those that, um, as the other nations had come into Israel and conquered it, they took those Hebrews as slaves and then brought them to foreign lands, specifically Babylon. Um, yet they still kept themselves pure. They didn't, you know, intermarry with those of um, the other nations. And then you have the Hellenistic Jews, which those could be two different individuals as well. You have those that, you know, were Jews by nature who kind of intermarried, but then there were circumstances where, you know, you had um, those that they considered Gentiles, meaning that they weren't of Jewish bloodline. And, um, you know, they were allowed to convert if there were certain things that they did, particularly, you know, they had to be, uh, willing to be circumcised and um, take covenants before the Lord. So, um, you know, that's really kind of the crux of this problem is that, you know, up until this point, we really don't see, you know, any of the Jews really interacting with those who are non-Jewish. And so as they begin to, you know, gather together, they're eating, they're fellowshipping together. This is all new for them. And, uh, you know, then they start ministries that there's a lot of widows that need to be cared for. So they begin to go out and do the things that the Lord's calling them to do and putting on their hearts. And, um, you know, these Hellenistic or Greek Jews, you know, yeah. realize that their widows aren't getting served at the tables, you know, that the Jewish women are being served first or things like that, but that the you know, basically the Jewish men are not giving the same equal attention to all the widows. So this is a problem. You know, if they're all one body, there shouldn't be any division or treatment of one part of the body better than the other. Think of almost like uh, Baptists and Pentecostals joining a, a congregation together. You know, uh, you're right. Uh, and, and so 
there's a couple things here. Uh, you know, the very first verse, so increasing in number. So they're growing very fast. And when you grow fast, it's going to bring on problems. It, it just yeah. by the nature of it, um, you know, and, and particularly if you think of it, a church setting, a church starts growing really fast and, you know, um, a bigger church, there's at least a perception that uh, you don't have access to the pastor as much as you used to, you know, um, more people are coming in and, uh, you know, your, your favorite seat, someone beats you to it or something like that. Right. And, and so, and not only that, but here you have kind of the pure Jews and then you have the, uh, the as you said, the Greek Jews. So it, it's like the Hebrew yeah. and the Greek getting together and, you know, so they're, they're different people and they have different ways. And, and, uh, it looks like it was almost like a class warfare, uh, sort of thing happening here. I don't know that for sure. That's just some speculation. Yeah. Oh, not sure if it's me, Jeff, but we lost some audio here. screen and we're there back we all right all right so uh yeah so it, it looks like you know the uh kind of the lower class you might say or perception uh was this and i just want to point it out jesse it's the women that complained <laughs> well that usually was you know i realized that situation quite early in life um you know, I take this as it, it's funny, but it it's really true as you go into churches. You know, I used to have a lot of street ministry that I did, and I had seven different churches that I would work with. And, you know, I would just, I'd be out on Fridays, Saturdays, on the weekends, um, really witnessing and trying to bring people um, into the church. And then, you know, I would decide whoever I had that week, you know, which church is going to meet their needs the best. And I would try to take them to those churches. And, you know, we, we encountered things where, you know, some of the churches, we, we had people who smoked, you know, these were goth punk vampire. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I guess I should apologize to the sweet Christian people who had to, you know, live through my early ministry, but, um, you know, it's like, smoking was the least of the worries that they had with these individuals. And, you know, I can remember that, you know, the people I brought were always very respectful. They would go out on the sidewalk to smoke. So they weren't like in the church parking lot even. And still we would have, you know, these Christian women who would be griping and complaining and throwing a fit because these guys were walking all the way over to the street corner to smoke. And it was like, really? It's like, can you not see that they're attempting to be respectful? And, uh, you know, it would just kind of get worse and worse from there to the point where, you know, we had a bus ministry of over 200 inner city children. And, um, you know, we had that ministry for about, I think it was about two years. And at the end of that two years, you know, one of the churches decided that they were you know, they didn't want the 200 inner city kids mixing with the eight church kids that were at that church. So they stopped ministry to 200 children on the street 
um, just so they could continue their Sunday schools with eight children. And, um, you know, but it goes to these And that extremes. came from a complaint. I'll guarantee you it came from a complaint. Oh, absolutely it did. Yeah, they, they didn't want, you know, even though children were coming to the Lord, um, you know, we had mass amounts of children coming to the Lord. And instead of, you know, joining in and, and in the Lord's work, you know, they wanted things to be the way it always was for them. And uh, interesting how that works out. But yeah, I see and, and some of these early fights, you know, it's all, nothing's new. You know, it, it's kind of the same reminiscent issues that cycle throughout the centuries. I'm so thankful the Lord includes this stuff and really shows, you know, it wasn't just these people were beautiful saints, you know. Uh, look, <laughs> it, it's real life. And, uh, and you're right, this isn't new. And so when I think back to Brian's uh, message from last night, you know, grace and truth. And, and don't get me wrong, there there is a time when maybe a complaint is just. So I, I don't want to come against that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how many times, and I, I'm just going to get personal here, uh, that I get emails or I see in chat or I see in comments uh, people criticizing us, Jesse. And, you know, I'm just thinking, well, how does that really uh, edify the body? you know, by this infighting. Uh, look, if if we say something that's totally against God or, you know, we get scripture completely wrong, please correct us so we can come on publicly and correct it because that's our heart to do that. Uh, but, you know, it, like one of the most common things, Jesse, and I'm, I'm just venting perhaps just a little bit here, but people say, you know, I might cut you off sometimes. And sometimes I do. Not purposefully. And by the way, the people who make those comments, I'm so glad that in every one of your conversations, you never speak out of turn. But when you're doing a show like this, first of all, it's not as easy as you think to be talking and to be conversing, especially in front of, you know, 10,000 people. But if there's a pause, sometimes you think, and and by the way, you're, you're listening to the other person, but you're also thinking of what you're going to say. Right. Right. And, and there's a balance. And so, you know, I get attacked for that all the time. And, uh, quite honestly, I, well, I won't share what my thoughts are on that. And I (laughs) I agree with that. You know, it's like, we are listening for those pauses and sometimes I jump the gun too. And you have to say, Hey, let me finish that thought, you know, because you don't want there to be any dead air or any blank space. So both of us are also being mindful of that. You know, we're preparing for that next thought. We're trying to figure out when can I jump in with this thought, you know, and sometimes we do jump in early. So, but I think we work very well together and, you know, most of the time it doesn't even bother you or I, Jeff, Um, you know, we just, we know what we're doing and we're just, having that conversation, that dialogue. And, you know, I'm people pick up on it. I'm glad. I know they wanted things to finish, so I'm glad that they say something. But it's not something that bothers either me or Jeff when we do it usually. So, No, but does it edify? And that's my point. Does it edify? Yeah. Is that the most pressing thing in your life 
that you have to put in writing for thousands of people to see. Just asking. Asking yeah, for a friend. You know, I guess that would be my biggest thing with things that people are bringing forward. Um, you know, there's a lot of critical judgment and that's not what the Lord desires in his body. Mm. He desires us to you know, give words of life and to build each other up. If there is a real problem, you know, you can go to that person and say, hey, Jeff, you know, I notice you you cut Jesse off quite a lot. And, you know, it'd be nice if you could be mindful and let her finish her thought. Now, that would be a way that would kind of like let him be aware of the problem, yet edify and build up. You're giving him the chance versus you know, a lot of times what we get are basically people giving us commands, telling us what to do, then automatically assuming that we're not going to make a right choice, that, you know, there's no chance and we're being treated like there's an immortal sin that we've committed that we don't even get the chance to repent of or turn back to God with. And then on top of that, even if there was something that we had to confess or bring forward, um, even after we do that, it's not good enough. Like we're still in sin and there's no cleansing. There's no, you know, forgiveness in that confession. And so, you know, I really struggled with some of that and came to the point where it's like, I know what the Lord's word says that if we're in sin, if we confess that sin, the Lord is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if he's cleansed somebody from all sin and unrighteousness, then who are we to still keep a record of that wrong or that sin? That's the act of pride. That's not walking in God's will. He's already stated what what his will is that he cleanses, he forgives and he restores. So, you know, we need to be mindful when we do those things that we don't allow the enemy to catch us ourselves in a sin. If we're bringing forward something that the Lord is showing us about someone else, because that's what the Sadducees, the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin did that pride ruled their life. And, you know, they went off of the words of God, but then at the end of the day, they did not believe in the power of God and they didn't let the power of the Holy Spirit move through their own lives as well as the lives of the people. So that's the most precious thing that we need to guard that, you know, we bear witness if somebody's come to us and confessed a sin then we are responsible before God and before the body of Christ to bear witness and to say, hey, that person's confessed that sin. They, We can't hold them guilty for it any longer. If it's been confessed, nobody has the right to hold them guilty any longer. Amen. And, and just as a side note, Jesse, if I ever do come in inappropriately, and, and it does happen, of course, uh, you will continue your thought still. Like it, it's not like I'm the big bad bully that uh, Jesse won't stand up to. She stands right. in front of Satan and yells at him. 
You think I'm, <laughs> you know, like, who am I? And, and I do. So I, get, so I, I'm I just get those take, thoughts in there when I need to do. say something. <laughs> and, and just going back, look, Brian's thing, it was such a strong message for us. And uh, a lot of us live in the truth. A lot of us live in the grace. But how many of us can live in grace and truth? And if yeah. you, it's a, it's only about 30 minutes. Man, if you haven't watched it, it's really really a strong message for the church. And, and I, I even typed in there last night, you know, cause sometimes we have arguing and quarreling in our chat channel and look, I get it. People aren't perfect. I've bitten back a couple times as well. So, you know, I'm not exempt from this by any means, but if we have a new Christian coming in and they see us bickering about which prophet is real or which like, do they say, I don't want to join this club. Right. So love one another, man. It's uh, it's not as easy as uh, as just saying it, but love one another is uh, is a command, and and that pride that Jesse just mentioned that was at the root of uh, some of the particularly public complaints and things like that. Uh, uh, go back and read Proverbs six because uh, it lists off the things the Lord hates. Yeah. Yeah, very powerful. And I think as we get into this, I think that, you know, that's the crux of the solution that when there is an issue and, you know, really the issue hit at the heart of how do we serve each other? And you can't, I guess I'll just say that there's two types of service. You know, you can just get the job done. You know, you can bring the food, make sure the people have the money that they need. You know, you're tending to their physical or their spiritual needs or emotional needs. And you just do enough to get the job done. But then there's another way. And that's really where you're serving out of your heart. That service is to God and to the individuals that you're serving and you go above and beyond, you know, you're giving everything that you have to give and you're not holding back. And with that, there's only one way to do it. Um, you know, in my chaplain work, I, I see this a lot, uh, especially, you know, with the doctors, the nurses, um, you've got the doctors who will come in to a patient and, you know, be standing over them in the bed and, you know, telling them, you know, this is the way things are. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to care for you. And that's the first way of serving. But in that way, that doctor is being very distant. He's putting himself above the patient. And it's not a discussion about care. You know, he's just telling him what he's going to do and how it's going to be done. And he's expecting that that patient in the bed is just going to accept um, the way that, you know, expect what he's serving to the table and that they're going to receive that with a grateful heart. Um, then you have another type of doctor and that doctor is the one who's going to pull up the chair. They're going to sit down right next to that patient. Sometimes they'll even reach out to grab their hand and, and they'll ask questions you know, they'll give options like I could do this or this, which way would you prefer to go? 
And in that, you know, it's a different form of service because it now becomes a relationship and all the decisions are made out of that relationship. And so even as we're doing ministry um, or doing life, we have to think about it that way. Uh, are we just going to bring what we have to bring to the table and expect others to receive it? Or are we going to walk beside them, enter into a relationship and say, okay, Lord, I, as well as this person, we both have something to bring before you at the table. And the only way to know what that other person has to bring is if I engage with them and I now look at this moment as it's it's a relational moment between me, God, and that other individual. And, you know, I think that that's really what these disciples were facing. And they knew, you know, um, they put up their boundaries. They knew that, you know, they really were called to just minister the word to people. They were called to get the churches going. They didn't have the time to be relational with everybody. You know, they, they had to define who are their main relationships going to be with. And so, you know, it was very wise for them to say, okay, you know, we can't personally deal with all of these needs of all the people. So we need to put others in that place of relationship who are able to help us deal with those problems. And so that's where they chose, you know, the seven men then who would kind of head up or steer that ministry. And, you know, from what we do read, we do see that there was a lot of relationship building in that situation. Jesse, I'm starting to think you're really smart. <laughs> you showed the same wisdom in that explanation that these uh these apostles showed there and that's exactly what it was it was wisdom and i, I just want to touch on a couple things or add to what jesse said so uh first of all you gotta so a problem was brought to them and it's a real problem so they listened and and look at the just Look at the uh, the walk that these apostles have taken. You remember when Jesus was going to feed uh, the 5,000? They're like, send them away, right? You know, uh, right. we don't have enough. Now they're like, no, 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 we're just going to handle this. So yep. they're, they're really, well, you know, they're filled with the Holy Spirit and full of God's wisdom, of course. But they, so the, the, the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples, which were the followers of Jesus Christ. And it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Instead, brothers and sisters, selecting from you seven men of good reputation. So they had to be good reputation. So it wasn't like they were going outside of the church looking for the best resume. They started looking internally because they had to know them. They had to see what they were doing and things like that. So good reputation, but they also had to be full of the spirit and wise. So not... Yeah. reacting emotionally to everything. That's really, quite honestly, a lot of wisdom uh, there. And they put them in charge of it uh, and they so they could devote themselves to the prayer of the word. The announcement found approval with the whole congregation and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of Holy Spirit. 
but here's here's the interesting thing. So it was the Greek widows, right? Right. All of these names are Greek. So they chose Greeks. Okay, you got a problem? We're going to get your people to solve the problem. Yeah. And I, I just thought, I think this is so brilliant. And you see God really working in them. Because if you put in the uh, the pure Jews, they, well, why are the pure Jews ruling over this, right? Um, right. And so everything happened and it was uh, really good. They, and then look at the succession. So they brought these men before the apostles. And after praying, they laid hands on them. Mm-hmm. Well, that and, really was a powerful move that, you know, it really solidified that ministry because no longer was it just the Jews overseeing everything, but they literally were raising up and acknowledging that God was calling all men into this line of service. And they were, you know, just looking at the hearts of men, you know, no longer just looking at status or genealogy or bloodline you know, they were looking at who has a heart and who has God chosen for this ministry. Who does God want to raise up? And then they raised them up. They they allowed those people to do the ministry that God had called them to do. And they stepped back. You know, they didn't try to dictate or rule. They gave the authority and they stepped back in that and focused on what God had given them to do. And. One of the things that happens here is not only that, but they they laid the hands on them and they released them to go do the duties. And, you know, I just want to make a a side note. Anyone who has uh, stepped up, and I'm going to name a couple in a a moment uh, with Right on Radio, uh, eventually there might be a time when you go on your way. We always have the desire to essentially lay hands on you, bless you, and send you off. Yeah. Rather than having a dispute or something and then going your own way, um, there's a proper way to do it. And it's always on. It's always been on my heart to have those types of separations, and and we have had some of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I, it's really a good time to acknowledge how many people have stepped up uh, with us, Jesse. And you know, the yeah. first ones I just got to say. Uh, our mods and admins. These people mm-hmm. have, first of all, they've all proven themselves to be trustworthy. Uh, they're full of the Holy Spirit. They make very good and wise judgments. And they work tirelessly, you know, as a volunteer position. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, they work tirelessly. So we've had... Uh, a bunch of them. And then there's some people behind the scenes. And I, I hope this is okay to mention a couple names, Jesse. But, you know, on your side, I think of uh, Terry and Tracy in particular. And how much these people do for you. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. And, you know, they and again, they're trustworthy. They're honorable. They're of good reputation. Uh, they're there when things are tough, not only when things are good. And uh, and they're there for me uh, as well. I don't want to say they're only there for you, Jesse, but they're really yeah, kind of your team. And then, you know, on my side, I've got, uh, 
you know, Sarah, for instance, has been such a blessing. She's one person I can bounce anything off of. She doesn't judge me, uh, even though I smoke cigars. Okay. <laughs> no, no, well, well Jeff, you got to be truthful, bro. She, she does, you know, she does get on your tail sometimes about some things. So oh, she'll hit <laughs> that's me. what's good about them, you know, is She's it's not, not just. Yeah, they're they're not afraid to confront <laughs> us or hold us accountable, you know. Yeah, and and there's there's a bunch more. I can't list off everyone, but there's a bunch more um that have just been great. And then and then we have uh some diggers and I know some of the diggers don't want their uh names put out there. Uh they like to do it anonymously, but I'm going to uh, purposely drive this person crazy, but good evening uh, has been with me since day one on this and just an incredible digger. Um, we've got so many. Um, uh, Red Yoda has been another guy who's really stepped up and and uh, and been helpful in us growing. And uh, they're people of good reputation. They're people that we have relationship with. And there are people who will correct myself and Jesse, but they do it in a private way. And, uh, and we're thankful for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So just to finish off the first half of this chapter here. Um, so, you know, it's uh, Dr. Luke is, uh, is the one who wrote this and, you know, whenever Luke finishes a section, he really puts like kind of a summary and, uh, that's what verse seven is. It's a summary of basically almost the last couple chapters. And it says the word kept spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. And I think you have something to say about that particular statement. A great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. You'd think they already were if they were priests, right? Right. But I mean, I love this because it, it really emphasizes that point, um, you know, that you had these Pharisees, these Sadducees who were the priesthood, you know, their job was to minister before the Lord and to really walk in their kingdom rights and authority. And, you know, because of these fights and this division, really there was some major issues going on in that priesthood in regards to their relationship with God and the body of Christ. And so we see that as, as these disciples made those decisions that honored the Lord in their relationships, that it impacted even those priests where, you know, those priests then had these changing moments where you know, it brought them back into that right fellowship with the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it kind of goes to that prophecy that God has been speaking, that he's calling for those priests to step forward, those who are meant to minister before him day and night. And, you know, he desires us to walk into, you know, that place where we're that close with him, where we're coming into the holy place, we're going boldly before his throne into the Holy of Holies. And, um, you know, it's a hard place to be, but each of us has to look at our own lives and say, you know, am I living out my priestly calling? And if you doubt 
that you're a priest, you know, start with the book of Revelations. Uh, that's the first place. Then I would encourage you to read the books of Peter. Uh, in all of them, you know, what does it say? It says that you are a kingdom of priests, that you were chosen. You're a royal bloodline. You were made to serve God. And that even, you know, it says that Jesus Christ made us a kingdom of priests, that he's the first fruit. He's the first priest. Uh, you can read about that in the book of Hebrews. So we all are called as priests, not a single one who comes to the Lord is not. So, you know, it starts with getting back into that right relationship with the Lord, understanding who you are and what, um, what or how you are to relate to him in light of who you are. It just the one thing I'd add to that, Jesse, is... And thank you for saying that. You are a royal bloodline. You are called to be kings and priests. If you're here, you're called. And it has nothing to do with us. I'm just saying, if you're hungry for the word, you're called. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And But what I what I kind of see out of that is with the, with the priests coming, it's almost like they stepped into the new covenant, where before yeah. they were loyal to their church let's say they were good outstanding people uh in the community but then they came into the covenant with god and that's kind of what i see there so now we get to uh talk about stephen and uh and obviously he becomes the first martyr we're going to cover that next chapter uh next chapter is quite full of uh stuff it's a long chapter but Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs amongst the people. So, <laughs> full of grace and power, performing great wonders. Not, not little sleight of hand tricks, okay? Great wonders and signs among the people. But some of the men from what was called the synagogue of freedmen uh, rose up and started to argue with Stephen. So, you know, these are, I don't know, are they the Pharisees, Jesse? Yeah, I Sound mean, they're, they're the ones who are supposed to be serving God. They're the ones that these signs and wonders are supposed to be coming through. And yet God's choosing, you know, these Hellenistic Jews to perform these great signs and miracles through. Yeah. And and so the the synagogue of freedmen now I had heard and I and I don't know um maybe some, one of you knows the bible a lot better than I I'm sure many of you do. But I understand that the synagogue of the freedmen so they were basically a lot of them were sons or daughters of slaves in Egypt or you know uh but I I think I remember hearing that uh Paul the Apostle may have been part of this particular congregation as well. I I'm not, I'm not that, sure. I just remember hearing yeah. that, so I'm passing it along. Yeah, I believe that is accurate, but I would encourage people to look into that more too. Um, I believe I've heard that same thing, that that was part of what Paul was engaged with. So, Yeah, and because we meet Paul uh, next chapter, you know, in front of Stephen, mm -hmm. of course. 
Uh, so I think that's just maybe a bit of a tie-in and why I wanted to put it out there. Uh, but so all these people rose up and started to argue with Stephen, uh, but they were unable to cope with his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. So, you know, they, they, just, it's just like when they were arguing with Jesus, you know, he, Jesus he threw out a one liner and they're like, Oh my God, like, you know, <laughs> how can we argue? You can't. Right. I mean, they couldn't stop the, you know, it's like, what is, what is one of the things where people know that really it's God among them. It's by those signs and wonders and miracles. And, you know, I think the biggest challenge they were facing was that as, you know, Stephen was doing these miracles, it was drawing people away from them and people were seeing the truth of where their hearts were. And so, you know, to maintain their positions and their religion, you know, they how many of these Jews or, or Hellenistic Jews did they have trapped in this fake religion where really behind the scenes, you know, they were worshiping idols. They were offering sacrifices to others besides God. And, um, you know, they knew that they were going to get called out for their sin, that, you know, they stole from God off of the altars. You know, they took pieces of the sacrifice that were not meant for them. Uh, these were sins that go all the way back to, you know, the priest Eli in the, in the Old Testament during Samuel's day. So, you know, really ruling behind it is the sin and then the rejection, the outright rejection of God's anointed, the Messiah, and them saying, no, you know, we're not going to submit to God. We don't want to know God. And, um, you know, that pride was just so hard. And, you know, and God sends Stephen, you know, a Hellenistic Jew to perform these major signs and miracles right in front of their faces. He was doing it in the name of Jesus, just like the disciples were. And, um, you know, whenever they tried to refute him or catch him, they used that double, kind of like double binding statements where either answer you would give to the questions they were asking would be your downfall. You know, they would, they would find a way to twist whatever you said, and they had done the same thing to Jesus. Sounds like a lawyer. But, <laughs> yeah, but the Lord bypassed that. The Lord gave wisdom and allowed, you know, Jesus and Stephen to answer in such a way that they, it left them speechless. They had nowhere to go. They couldn't argue. They had to make things up, you know? Yeah. And, and so, and this, this is something we're uh, entirely familiar with Jesse and because they got nowhere that way, they went secretly and induced people to say in men to say, we have heard them speak blasphemous words against Moses and God, and they stirred up people. So you have, and by the way, this is one of the reasons why on Telegram, we tell our uh, admins, don't private chat with people. You need to do things yeah. in the open because otherwise people draw you in. They give that double question. If you answer it just slightly worded wrong, it's screen captured. And then all of a sudden, 
look what this person did. And they, you know, they speak for Jesse and Jeff and, you know, they're blasphemous to the Lord. It's like people are constantly trying to set traps for us. Are there yeah, operative, and- are there paid operatives in our midst? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's how they do it is they draw, you know, let me, you know, share this with you in DM or let me have a private conversation with you and show you the proofs. And, you know, these are things they have screenshot. Absolutely. You know, I'm finding out it seems like absolutely everything I've said and done for the past like four or five years, you know, and some of these arguments go back four or five years. I've already addressed them. Yet they keep coming back around with those same things and twisting it, using it um, in a way that isn't its original intention. Yeah, they use it out of context. And, you know, by doing that, it, it all it does is it causes division and strife. The other thing is that they're, you know, with this secret persuading, um, if you think about that, you know, th- think about if truly they were Christians, if truly they were walking in the ways of the Lord, and if truly they had something against you that was dishonoring to God, why would they need to persuade others secretly? You know, if the Lord has something against me, the Lord usually will first bring it straight to me he will confront me think of you know king david with nathan nathan the prophet went in there and confronted him directly to deal with that sin and gave him the opportunity to confess but see the thing is that these individuals they did the same thing with stefan you know the truth was they didn't have anything against him if they had a sin against him the proper thing would have been to go to him to confront him on it and to, you know, give him that opportunity to confess. But, you know, they didn't, they accused him falsely, which isn't that one of the things that God says he hates. He hates false accusations. Mm -hmm. He hates those who lie. And they falsely accused him of speaking blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And, you know, this is what they're trying to persuade men to believe. So if you have people who are trying to persuade you of something against somebody else, step back. You know, say, Lord, show me that individual's heart. Because, you know, usually if there's that secret persuasion going on, it's not of God at all. And so, you know, I'm mindful of those things when I see others doing that to somebody else. You know, I step back and ask the Lord himself, you know, to show me the truth about that individual that others are coming at me, trying to get me to believe something about them. And so let's look at what the accusation is. They say this man does not, he does not stop speaking against this holy place and the law. So first of all, because he wasn't, that means he's a hard worker and he's doing his job and he's out there (laughs) preaching and performing miracles and all this stuff. But so what, what do they hold against him? For we have heard him say that this Nazarene Jesus will destroy this place 
and change the customs which Moses handed down to us. Well, yeah, that's what he was taught to preach. That's what the Holy Spirit's teaching. Of course, Jesus wasn't saying he was going to destroy the temple, which is what they were referring to. He was referring to the temple, which was his body. Right. But yeah. it's the twisting. It's almost like the bar association. <laughs> <laughs> that twisting of words and uh, everything. Yeah, and they're trying just to scoop up whatever they can. Um, you know, it was a big problem for them that these, you know, not pure blood Jews all of a sudden were performing all these signs and miracles that, you know, it, in their lives and their, you know, experience. That was something that was a direct sign that somebody had been sent by God. You know, Moses, Elijah, all these prophets had performed signs and miracles on behalf of God. Jesus himself and the disciples had as well. So, you know, what I love about this is that as this, as the Lord begins to build his church, you know, he's really showing them that relationship with God that even these people who are not pure blood Jews can have that intimate relationship with God. And, um, you know, I believe that these, these Sanhedrin and these individuals, that's what they were really running from is because they, they themselves had elevated themselves to that place that's where they spoke on behalf of God. And so when power. anybody tried to question or challenge that, it was a huge threat because they self-appointed themselves to stand in that place of being God's spokesman. Yet they did nothing. They didn't take the time to hear what God wanted them to do, nor did they really take the time to do God's work. Um, and when somebody came along who did, they were very threatened by it. You know, because it meant that the truth about their hearts and their relationship with God was going to be revealed. Amen. And so, you know, so they talk about the temple, but then they talk about Moses. And you know what they're talking about is the law of Moses, but Jesus was the fulfillment of the law. So, of course, That's right. you know, Stephen is going to be preaching this stuff. And, and, and where it ties in is just kind of the, the very last, uh, last verse 15 here. And it says, all who were sitting in the council stared at him and they saw his face, which was like the face of an angel. And, you know, I just think of Moses when he came down from on the mountain with the, like his face was glowing. And I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of picturing the same thing here because obviously he has a glow. He has a face of an angel all of a sudden, you know, that's not just, uh, you know, his complexion looked great. You know, they didn't say that it's a face of an angel. This is like super spiritual gifted of God. And, uh, you know, so I think it just, God again, gave us the evidence of all of these things. And that's what that is. It's evidence that Stephen was good. And that's why he became the first martyr. Yeah, Absolutely. So great chapter, Jeff. Um, it was. And next one's going to be a bit of a hard chapter. Uh, I think many of us can relate to the uh, the story of uh, Stephen and the things that happen. Uh, but uh, yeah. but it's an important one. And it's important that God leaves nothing, you know, 
out for us. He shows us the flaws of people. He show and by the way, that reveals the flaws in ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been the one to throw the first stone before. <laughs> I just openly confess yeah. that. And uh, and I pray that I'm not the guy to do that ever again. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're all, I guess that's the whole, you know, that is the truth is that all of us are, you know, those ones who pick up the stones and throw them. And even after the Lord says, you know, let he who who is without sin throw that first stone. And there's not a single one of us who doesn't struggle with that pride, you know, where we think, you know, we're right. There's nothing that we've done wrong. And we will cast that stone at someone else. And, you know, in my lifetime, after time, after time, the Lord will come back around and and show me, you know, that I wasn't without sin, that there was sin in my life too. And then, you know, in his grace and mercy leads me to that place of confession and repentance, you know, and I, you know, I, I really encourage people to, you know, take a listen to the uh, dominion and authority. Cause I, I go there, you know, I talk about that one of the priestly duties, the greatest priestly duty is you know, that first stop is before you even got into the temple, there was the altar of surrender where, you know, the altar of sin, where we were to lay that offering of sin upon that altar before the Lord. And what did that represent? You know, it was a fire that they were commanded never to let burn out. They were to tend to it daily and to bring those sins before the Lord. And that's the place all of us need to start in our lives every single day. You know, what asking the Lord, what sin, what sin is in my life that you want to burn up and burn away, you know? Yeah. And so Jesse, um, before we close, you have a special prayer request and I don't know what you want to give out with that. So I'm not going to touch it. Uh, Please uh, let the people know what you're looking at. Yeah, so I'm just going to ask for prayers for on behalf of many witnesses um, at a federal level. Uh, you know, we as we've been bringing forward our testimonies, um, we're in that kind of last stint where evidences are going forward. Uh, we're going against the very top members of of the Luciferian Brotherhood system. So I would just ask for continued prayer. And as our testimonies go forward, you know, they're being presented before many people and those individuals all have a choice, you know, are they going to do their duty um, and, you know, bring forward crimes that, that have been committed and the evidences of those crimes, or are they going to turn and, you know, attack in trying to silence the witnesses. So uh, I would just pray for that, pray for those whose eyes are beholding some of that material and just continue to lift that up. And could could I, could we add to that, that the, uh, the eyes that are seeing it are at a very high level at this point? Yes. Um, I'll just say, you know, I'm hearing that, um, 
you know, like I said, there's plural witnesses who are coming forward and it sounds like that material has made it to, we'll just very high level. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just say high level. So. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is significant and we do ask for that prayer and that's why things are heating up a little bit around Jesse. And that's why we did the show on Friday. Look, it's not immediate concern, but look there, it is a concern. And, uh, those things were brought forward. We were 100% truthful uh, with you on that broadcast. So uh, very important. Uh, well, there was something I wanted to say before we close, Jesse. Oh, yeah. Listen, if you appreciate what we do, uh, I very rarely ask, but uh, we're getting into a crunch time. Uh, Jesse has a Patreon. I have a patron if you feel like you want to support us. That's one way you can do it. Another way is if you want to get involved with My Liberty Stand, uh, that means you get something for actually uh, supporting us as well. So, uh, you know, just a couple options for you. If you feel inclined, of course, we will continue to do these shows for free. We're never going to put them behind a paywall or anything like that. Uh, and we're just glad that you're here with us. Closing thought, Jesse. Uh, well, I, I saw a quick question I'll address. Um, please continue to pray for my meds. I had brought that out the other day. Um, I won't know till Monday if, if they, they'll be able to be released or not. It seems like the hang up or the issue is that the pharmacies are saying they don't have access to those medications right now. So just be in prayer. Um, so I'm hoping to know more on Monday and continue that fight on Monday. So. Yeah. By the way, there were some people who put some stuff in chat and I think our mods pulled it aside for you and put it in the uh, little mod channel, Jesse. So you might want to okay. look at that. Great. I think there's some things there for you. Uh, but remember, love your God first, love your family, love your neighbor and make a difference in your community. <laughs>